Hey, 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 before we hop into this episode, we want to apologize for the audio quality not being as good as we'd like it to be. Sometimes it's hard to balance stuff out, so uh, bear with us as we learn this new podcasting thing, and uh, please enjoy. All right, I have till about 3 a.m., so I'm good to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you... um? You have till 3 a.m. Do you normally stay up till 3 a.m.? No, that was a joke. Do not keep me here till 3 a.m. I will I will log off. Don't do that to me. <laughs> You're a father, right? Yeah. But um, how old is your you, – how many kids he's, do you have? He's nine. I have one one son. He's nine years old. Okay, cool. So you don't have to go give him milk any at any point in this podcast. Like, I nah, he's, he's asleep. I don't think he'd like that. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you would not want that. No. Welcome to the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast, where we are not experts, but we want to be. Uh, we call ourselves, appropriately, the wannabes, because we all have room for improvement, we all have goals we're going towards, and we all want to be a better version of ourselves. Speaking of, we have the goal of making this podcast the best we possibly can, and we need your help to do that. We have a Patreon that is set up, so you guys can go on there and support us. There's three different tiers. All of those tiers give you access to our private Discord group, where you get to you know hang out with us, introduce yourself, um, come up with different ideas for the podcast. You know, along the the lines of coming up with fun dad jokes for us to put on the podcast. Um, we want to start looking at getting some games going during our podcast, have some fun that way, and whatever you guys want to talk about. It's an awesome community where we just talk about woodworking business and uh, improving ourselves. Um, we also have a Facebook group that is open to the public, so go join that on Facebook. It is the Wouldn't It Be Nice podcast community, I believe is what it's called. Follow us on Instagram at Wouldn't It Be Nice underscore podcast. And I am Dylan. You can follow me at Fawcett Woodcraft, Fawcett underscore Woodcraft on Instagram. And I'm joined by my co-host, Trav. Hey, Trav, I'm give Travis. Just a really brief introduction. Yeah, I'm Travis. And you can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at Third Stall Projects. Sweet. And now we are joined by an amazing guest who has the name of the name I would be if I took my wife's last name when we got married, Dylan Mitchell. Dylan, give us a brief introduction of yourself, uh, where we can find you on socials, um, where you're living, and uh, what kind of got you started into woodworking. Uh, hey, uh, Dylan, Dylan Mitchell. Um, I'm just Instagram. I mean, I have a Facebook, but who cares about that? Uh, Instagram's at Dylan underscore Woodworks. Um, I am about 30 minutes north of Philadelphia and living the dream. Um, let's see. I got into woodworking kind of as a kid, just putts around in my parents' basement. Um, like building ships out of scrap wood and crap like that. Uh, really got more into high school. Um, started like doing some turning in a lathe, like bowls, pens, bottle stops, stuff like that. Um, and that was kind of my introduction. And growing up, I was 
Um, my mom always told me about my great grandfather who used to build clocks and he was a clock maker. So I just thought that was really cool. And, um, so that was kind of how I dipped my feet into the water woodworking. Hmm. So how long have you been doing that? Um, so I guess, I mean, I'm 27 now. So high school is 10 years ago. It's disgusting. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I think since, since then I kind of really went hard into it about four years ago. Um, just gradually built up my shop. Um, started getting machines together and my shop is my entire basement. Um, so that's where I do the work. Um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a slow build, but, um, that's how I liked it. I mean, it's, it's grown organically and I wouldn't really have it any other way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. I always appreciate your, your dungeon that you, in your videos. It's always a little bit dark and grungy, oh. but I love it. It's, it's I was, a vibe. it was even, it was even better when I have an old phone with a camera that was totally shit. Like it was, <laughs> it was great. Cause it was like bad lighting, poor visibility. It's like, it's this guy woodworking in a prison, you know, like, where is he, <laughs> where is he doing his stuff? Um, and so, yeah, it's always fun. I've had to put a lot of lights in here cause uh, otherwise you can't see anything. Yeah. You might cut off a finger on accident. What is your shop size down there? Uh, it's about 15 by 45. So, oh. uh, and I have a back room. I have, my back room is my lathe room. So about 15 by 50, 15 by 50, 15 by 55, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. some serious square footage. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I put a, I can fit. I had more space than a lot of people, so I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that come out to be? 50, 50 by 15, so sev- 75 square feet? That doesn't sound right. No, that's wrong. 750. Seven, 750. Gosh, my math, right. dude. Yeah. My brain is numb. I went to 75. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's like, I'm just a woodworker, yeah, but I think it's more than 75. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If it's more than like three feet, I don't know how to measure it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My shop, I actually just measured it. It is 22 feet by 22 feet. It's like a one car garage, right? uh, Two stall. It's like two and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I'm not Mm -hmm. utilizing, I'm not utilizing even half of it because I have so much crap in there from our move that I just haven't got rid of yet. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, I okay. felt I felt so big time when I got to take over the third stall <laughs> <laughs> instead of cramming my stuff on the wall at our old house. And then um, when I wanted to do projects, pull all the vehicles out, set up, yeah. tear down, pull them all back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I see other woodworkers who like check out my build that folds up into the wall. And I'm like, that's cool. But that sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, like, props yeah. to you, but I'm good. <laughs> if that's all you got, then good on you for for making the most of your space. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely the kind of guy that like, if I don't want to fold something down and want to leave it, I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like um, I didn't get into woodworking as soon as I wanted to, like when I bought my house. Um, back in 2020 
because I didn't have really the space to do it. So I was just really hesitant on, on taking the leap and buying more tools because I've been doing it since middle school and I love it, but it was a matter of, I just want to do it with my life. Like as an adult now, I just want to, that's the hobby that I want to have. And I just put it off for so long because I didn't have the space to do it. Now that I have it, it's like, oh yeah, go game time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Dylan, um, you've been making a business out of this woodworking for four years, you said. Yeah. So what made you want to, uh, transition from hobby into making money off of it? Um, I, it's, I think like a lot of woodworkers, I just started getting orders. Um, started getting people commission me for things. And I mean, I built, I built Dylan Woodworks, not even as a business. It's just like as a name for my hobby. Um, my Instagram was, my Instagram was never about making money. It really wasn't like it has really grown organically. Um, but the way you buy new machines, the way you buy bigger, better tools, you sell your woodworking. That's what you do. Uh Um, unless you're just killing it with like a CEO job. But, uh, you know, other than that, it makes sense to take whatever money you make and put it right back into the business. And that's literally what I've done the past four years. So, yeah. Nice. So I know you guys talked about this, but my internet was flaking out. So I didn't hear, uh, what do you do for a living? So I, I am an adjunct professor. Um, at a community college, I actually teach metalworking. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually went to school for that. Um, got a degree in that. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's my mechanical background. Um, but then I also work for the government and I can't actually tell you what I do for the government. It's not people. I I don't kill people. I just, okay. I'm like, I'm legally not allowed to talk about it on social media. (laughs) Like that's, that's Mm. the thing. Yeah. That's fair. Now I'm really intrigued. Yeah. We're not legally allowed to tell you what our maker collab build is, but it's fine. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But we shared it with you. Yeah. But I I do work for the U.S. government and not like the Iranian government. So okay, yeah, that's comforting. I keep it domestic, you know. (laughs) Mm, Good, good. (laughs) Yeah, that makes Mm. me feel better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so intrigued now, dude. I I know. I I have. I'm gonna. gonna... (laughs) I have friends that I've had on this on that I've known on Instagram for years, and because I never met them in real life, I can't tell them. (laughs) what I do mm-hmm. <laughs> and it bugs the out of them too. Don't worry. So if, um, we were, if we were to stop recording this, you still couldn't tell us. I still it's, couldn't. It's yeah, I need to meet. It's a I tech need, thing. It needs to be a face-to-face yeah. thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, looks get... like we're flying to Philly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just so we can have yeah. this conversation. And, be, um, and also like I was, I was also pulled aside. It's like, because of the level of uh, traffic that my Instagram was getting, um, they doubled down on me more than, more than I think they would otherwise. Interesting. Mm. So. Interesting. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't kill people. Actually, I don't kill people. I promise. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, I'm yeah, we're gonna have to fly out to Philly and uh, yeah. have this conversation. The, the adjunct um, professor thing that is real. <laughs> it's not yeah. a cover. No, nope, it's not a it's cover. Not a cover. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're all you're allowed to say is that you work for the government and you can't tell tell me what your job is. That's all you can say. That is super sketchy. I understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I no, get you it. Just got a, you yeah. just got a lot cooler to me, actually. Yeah, that's, yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you seen that Goals. that um clip that keeps showing up on TikTok? <laughs> I wish we yes. could plug the the sound into um the pod right now, but just cut in with the oh my god, it's, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fat guy doing parkour, it's like <laughs> oh my god, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that's a good one it's fantastic are you on are you on tiktok too no but i have been told that my videos show up on tiktok so that scares me a little bit Mm. i think think people record them and post them that's what i've been told so i promise never post a single tiktok and uh tiktok never plan to (laughs) is that an orange tiktok or a mint tiktok og man the mint Mm, it's the best ones yeah. I don't know. Actually, I like the orange ones the best. <laughs> yeah, TikTok's overrated. I, I mean, apparently it's going to be banned. And like, especially as a government employee, <laughs> I shouldn't have it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is Do you know if TikTok's going to be banned as a government employee? Can you can you tell me that? Not that high up, I promise. Okay. <laughs> Nope. You, I just imagine you like sitting next to Joe Biden in the Oval Office. You're just like your secretary. You're like, bro, my saying. videos are on there. You can't ban it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dog. Do me a solid. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so you obviously have established quite a presence on Instagram. So how did how did that start and how did it grow to where it is? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I went, I went my first like year, year and a half, two years with like, I literally was following more people than I had as followers, like most people do. And, um, I, I just started making reels. Some of them were funny. Some of them were funny related to woodworking. Some were funny just cause I thought they were funny and posted them and, um, and it just, it just kind of started to grow, but like, I, I did some serious woodworking before I even started making reels. Like, um, it was never about the followers. It was never about the traffic. It wasn't about any kind of popularity. It was really, um, just in, or trying to like grow because of my art and not because of any kind of popularity contest. Like I, um, I, like a lot of people, I found what the algorithm wanted to f- to see, and I kind of mm-hmm. catered towards that because I knew it would. Like the only reason I make reels is because one, for the longest time now, it's actually if you follow any of the of the algorithm, reels and posts had the same kind of traction. It's a relatively new thing, so if you post something, it's going to bring as much traction as a reel. For like the past nine months, reels were top dog. Mm-hmm. Um, 
now they're even. So that's cool. Um, I noticed that. Yeah. Yes. I've noticed the same thing. My, my posts for our project have gotten as much traction as the reels. So that's like awesome. All right. I don't love making reels anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Photos are coming back. Yeah. But, (laughs) you know, reels generate views, which generate likes, which generate follows, which generate commissions. Mm-hmm. that's how it works yeah. and you got to pl- got to kind of play the system um to get work and um i i've been i've been blessed that like i have gotten a real i have a really good uh following base that like to buy that that like handmade woodworking and mm-hmm. um i think the mistake a lot of woodworkers make is they only follow other woodworking accounts. They only like cater towards other woodworkers. Like other woodworkers aren't going to buy your stuff. You got to cater towards people who don't have that, um, availability, availability anywhere else. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just kind of sat back, thought about it and then kind of geared towards what, who I wanted, what demographic I wanted to hit. So, that's a tough balance um as you guys know like there's a there's a community on instagram that is huge woodworkers i mean there's so many so it's really easy to get stuck in the boat of i'm gonna make a bunch of posts that these other woodworkers are gonna like but again like you just said dylan like that stuff doesn't necessarily sell products and if that's the goal that you're using instagram for is to try to meet um customers and and be relatable and, and and you know show that not only sell your product, but also sell yourself in a way you can't always just cater towards other woodworkers. And that's, it's a hard balance because I've definitely got stuck in that trap. Uh, I mean, I'm really new to Instagram still only since June. So it's, it's a, it's a learning, learning, learning thing, learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that too. I'm super new to Instagram. Like I, had a personal one, but never posted. I've always been a Facebook guy, which is very opposite of this generation. What are you, 55? What are you, a freaking yep. boomer? Oh, dude. <laughs> boomer? The way my knees feel could be. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is super weird to kind of, I guess, self-observe like what you're trying to cater to. And that is a very fine line of, are you catering to customers or other woodworkers? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's Um, tricky. One of the things that, go ahead. um, One of the things that I learned back in January was um, from, you guys follow um, uh, Wooly Pedals signs, uh, Sam Wooly Pedals. Um, she, she talked about on one of her lives that she had, she was talking about how, how to have this balance. And what she does is she makes her main feed, like her post feed catered towards her customers and her reels are, you know, it's just, she's making a bunch of reels. So sometimes they apply to customers, sometimes they apply to woodworkers, but really her, her page that pulls up automatically is where she wants her customers to go and see what project she has. And she had a good point because it can be quite flooded with all your random reels that you make and you're not seeing the products you make. You're just seeing like random, 
you know, random thumbnails of reels and it's not applicable to what you're trying to sell. So I did that. I, I went and then kind of cleaned up my post feed. Um, I need to do it again because I have, I haven't taken care of it in like a month or so. So it's a little flooded right now, but I like it because I was able to go on my page and see, oh, those are the things I made. I, I kind of forgot that I made those. Yep. And it, it's also just really good for your customers to see it too. Uh-huh. If, if there's a video that doesn't, one, I try to make the, the picture of the reel, the project that I'm doing. Um, That's but if it's not a completely applicable reel, I remove it from my profile grid, goes to my reel section, and then my page is literally just me woodworking or me, or the project that I posted or whatever. So that way it's like, all right, this guy is not selling himself. He's selling the project or the, the, mm-hmm. the art. Um, yeah, that's really good advice. That's yeah. really good. The other thing that I do a lot, <clears throat> my hashtags are random as hell. Yeah, because I do you, that. You want to bring in everybody and their mother. And because what you gain from that is you get commissions for things you would never think about. Some of the things that have blown up the most for me in terms of um, views have been commissions from people who want stranger, more random things. I'll build it, but I would have never thought to build that. And if it's, if it's commission, you can afford to build things that you can't afford to build on your own and then sell later. Like I built a, I built it, for example, I built a dog crate that was like twice the size of my workbench had to assemble it in pieces in somebody's home. It was insane. It challenged me in every freaking way. And I would have never been able to do that if it hadn't been funded by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, and that is the way that I have found that a woodworker can grow their skills without, you know, dumping 600 bucks into epoxy or a crap ton on exotic wood. It's by... Even if you even if you go to a person and be like, "Hey, can I build you something? Can I build you something? What do you want?" It's it's that kind of thing, and you you will identify customers that are maybe more exotic, um, have a larger, a deeper pockets, you know, who want things that are extravagant, and the fact that you're making it with your own two hands, they will pay for that, and that's a really cool thing. That's a total blessing. That's the great thing about having a skill. And working for people that have the financial means to afford it. So, yeah, I think for that's sure. the dream. That's the goal right there. So you do a lot of turning on the lathe. So how did you get started into wood turning? Because that is something I'm super fascinated in. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, like we want to be students here. So I just inherited a lathe and I'm ready to kind of start diving into that. All right, so my lathe I actually bought when I was 18. It was my gift to gra- my graduation gift from high school. Um, <clears throat> turning is something that you can do for a quick um, dose of satisfaction in woodworking. There's no glue-ups. There's no waiting for crap to dry. There's no – the order of operations is so much smaller. I can knock out a bowl in two hours. I can knock out a pen in – 20 minutes. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's quick and you can, 
Uh, it's it's fulfillment, and um, that's nice. When we're woodworking is something that generally takes time. It's a process, but turning is a it's easy. Um, now there's things you can turn that are much more difficult, like salad bowls, like mm. platters. They require uh, you got to be careful. Um, I'm relatively soon upgrading my lathe. Uh, like I have a small lathe for pens and small bowls. I'm getting a much larger lathe, and that's an investment. That's like a that's I think it retails for like three grand. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, grand. getting a Laguna 1836, which means it has an 18 inch uh, diameter turn, 18 inch wow. 18 inch swing, and 36 inch in terms of bed length. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, salad bowls and platters and decorative turnings are something I really want to get into. Um, uh-huh. It's something I just love to do. Um, so yeah, that's <clears throat> that's awesome. It's, it's good. It's good fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I always so, joke around with you, Dylan, on your stories. You'll post, oh, that cherry looks so nice, or that purple heart looks so nice. And that's I'm not a cherry. Say, that's a bull. That's not a cherry. That's a bull. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> look like a heart to me. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty flipping funny. Oh, my God. You're such a dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just inherited um, a an old belt-driven Rockwell Delta. This thing's this thing's probably like a from the seventies. Um, no idea how to use it. Gonna YouTube. try to figure it out though. So yeah, exactly. YouTube University. Yep. Um, but I would like to get a small bench top one for some smaller projects too. Mm. Um, because like I'm a big guitar player, so like I think it'd be really cool to spin like custom knobs and stuff. Just small, simple. Mm-hmm fun yeah <laughs> um i recommend <laughs> i Not recommend <laughs> uh jet jet is a great brand for lathe if you want something a little cheaper um mm-hmm. rikon oh yeah if you really want something cheaper uh when when yeah mm-hmm. i mean you it's, it's how big you want to go into it i mean yeah. If Would I could, recommend... if I, sorry, keep going. I mean, if, if you knew that you were going to dive into turning, I would tell you to save up for a, a jet 14 inch, 1442. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a floor model. It's about two grand, but I mean, that is like, that's a commitment to turning. Like, <clears throat> It's, um, but it's a great machine. I, the one I want has a larger swing, but if, mm-hmm. but I mean, a 14 inch is plenty. And even if you go with a, a jet, um, tabletop model, the ones nowadays have a 12 inch swing. And that's, I mean, they're that's a lot. It's a lot. That's, you that's turn a bowl on that. Oh yeah. This is, this is eight inches. And, um, so imagine that much more, um, <laughs> and uh so yeah you can you can do a lot with that and um and that's a great machine my mine for my school runs just as well i've never had to change anything on it so mm-hmm. 
And that's a jet you have? That's, I have a jet, yeah. Nice. That thing's awesome. I was looking at getting like a cheap like Harbor Freight or Wynn or something just to kind of introduce myself to it. I did it in high school. That was yeah. know, probably over 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. I, it's been a long time. I, I uh, did a baseball bat. I did, yeah, I did one of them too. Yeah. I think that's all I've done is a is a baseball bat made out of ash. Yeah, mine mine's ash too. I keep it upstairs uh next to the front door just in case I want to greet somebody nice. with it. Hey, that's that's smart. The world we live yeah. in today. Um man, I yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, if somebody broke into my house, how would I defend my family and myself? Kind of a scary thought. So mm-hmm. Do you need to have that? But anyway, we won't take this too depressing. Um <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, what is one of the biggest challenges you faced with the the business side of things? Um, I have, I think I ran into an issue with shipping large items. I didn't know anything about shipping. <laughs> I've had to learn, and 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 so like, <clears throat> I tend to overestimate shipping charges on purpose because that can really screw you. Um, under promise over deliver. Yep. There you go. Um, and so like, unfortunately, like I'll, I'll get things that are like not very large, but because of the boxes that I have available to ship and because just the weight of the thing, it'll be ridiculous. The shipping costs. And I'll be like, Hey, I do you really want this in rural Arkansas? (laughs) Like, you know, I'm going to have to pass on like $80 in shipping to you. Do you really want it? And they'll be like, yes, or, mm-hmm. uh, I actually know like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and so now are you just like UPS and FedEx or will you do like some LTL trucking even? I don't, I haven't had to truck anything yet. I stick with you. I stick with the po- postal service because okay. I trust it and it tracks it really well. Um, mm-hmm. if I, I lose something, too. If I lose something, I know exactly where I've lost it. That's, you know, that's been in my experience. And mm-hmm. people pay for these things. And if they lose them, they're pissed. So I need to know where it is. Right. And you, I assume, are you insuring every item that you send out? I don't, actually. I haven't run into an issue where nothing got delivered. I think maybe the first oh, time. Wow. Maybe the first time where things will get delayed, but everything eventually gets there. Mm-hmm. Um. And plus, if I were to insure it, it insures up to a hundred bucks, and usually things are much more than that. Uh, so, I just—that's the automatic insurance, right? Like, if it gets lost, they'll insure up to a hundred bucks. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because that—that comes with a purchase. Too. Like, if I were to insure it additionally, that just tax on extra cost, and mm-hmm. usually that is something isn't something the customer is willing to pay for. I mean, I need to be sure of where I'm shipping it and how I'm shipping it. So if I'm like, well, 50-50 shot against you, that doesn't exactly inspire confidence. Um, yeah. So I'll insure if it's over $100 value. But I've yeah. only shipped things over $100 value. So pretty much yeah. insured every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, so. Have you heard of Pirate Ship? No, but I, I heard you. I saw you post on it or post something about it, yeah. It, I, I, I did. I did click the link. I did look at it, but yeah, yeah it's it's cool. It it just gives you cheaper USPS prices, 
is what it is. Mm. And it's, it's nice discounted and it's really easy because you go on their website, you enter all the information you need to about who you're shipping to, um, value of the package and and all that. And it'll give you your, your discounted thing, but then it saves that label too. So if you need to go back and reprint, send to the same person, you'll have all the records of your past sales and all your past shipments. It's, it's a really great tool. I've, yeah. I've had to reship to one person twice and just having that information there was so easy. Just hit print again and I was good to go. That's awesome. I'm going to start using that because I just, um, I am shipping a state shaped wall clock and Mm. it wasn't super big. I think it was like a 10 by 10 padded envelope that I put it in. Um, and even that was like 11 bucks. Yeah, it's like that yes. shouldn't be that expensive. UPS, UPS was the mm. cheapest. Mm. I compared with um, all the three major shipping services. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. A um, couple of the a couple items that I've had to ship. <laughs> I will go to Best Buy, and I will go into the back. And I will ask them to give me a TV box that haven't been broken down yet. And I will ship with that because it's large, it's flat, and it is the cheapest box that will ship something large and flat in. Like, mm-hmm. had a big-ass cutting board go to California. I knew it was going to be expensive anyway, but if I did it in a box that was super square, it was going to be a problem. I mean, really mm-hmm. expensive. So I did a TV box, and it saved me some, some cash. I actually did a stovetop cover to Oregon. Same thing. It was a, it was great. Fit like a glove. I was t- total blessing. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. I never thought about yeah. that. The TV box. That's genius. Yep. Hmm. Heck yeah. Hmm. Yep. Um, cool. I think some of the other challenges I've run into are meeting deadlines, um, mm-hmm. figuring out how to space out your orders. Um, because when you're a one-man shop, you have to do multiple orders at once. You can't just mm-hmm. focus on one thing at a time. You have to multiple things running at the same time. <clears throat> and also, especially when you're starting out, um, working around less than quality tools, hand tools, machines, making do with making do with hobbyist tools mm-hmm. when people are ordering things from you. Um, right. You know, and that's why as soon as you can financially upgrade, financially upgrade. Yeah, it makes most sense. Yeah. With effectiveness, efficiency, accuracy. Yeah. It's an investment. It's not a splurge. You have to look at it as Mm -hmm. an investment. Right. But it's, yeah, it's, it's totally worth it in my experience. And I'm still working half my tools are the hobbyist tools that I'm working with. And I have a lot of win tools just because they're cheap and they get the job done. Yeah. I'm not at a place where I can just afford to buy them the best biscuit joiner or the Domino by Festool. Like I'm, I'm not buying a Domino anytime soon. Don't worry. Yeah, (laughs) I. I, Sorry, Festool. I think it's overrated. I think it's a great tool if you need it and you build custom cabinetry and you build stuff that you need it. Then awesome. Listen, their their patent overrated. Their patent on their uh, wiggling router bit only lasts for two more years. And then mm-hmm. DeWalt, other companies can come in, make something similar for much less. 
So, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's coming. It's a great company. Great, great Fest- tools. Festool's a fantastic company. Yeah, but fantastic. There also comes a point where like practicality mm-hmm. doesn't come with a high price tag. Yeah, like I'm I sorry, yeah. but I can I can hook up a rigid shop vac to a sander. Like I don't I don't need the dust extractor. You can get an uh. HEPA filter to throw on your shop back. Like I get where some of theirs, you know, maybe a little bit better quality, but in terms of what I'm shooting for in the third stall of my garage, you know, it's kind of whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the best thing they have is their dust collection and their mm-hmm, Sanders, yeah. their Sanders with their dust collection is the best thing they have. The Domino is a cool invention, but it will become cheaper when other brands reproduce it. Their sustainers are the best thing they have going for them. It's, yeah, that's my opinion. And there's other tools too that you can, you know, copy the function of a domino that, that are a yeah. hell of a lot cheaper. You can do you can do it with your router. You just have to you just have to have the right, uh, uh, you know, plexiglass base for it and crap like that. So, mm-hmm. I saw know. a little a little jig. I don't know what company. Um, I can't remember Lincoln Street. I think he did a video. Um, I can't remember his name, but. Uh, it's a little jig, basically. Hook you hook up your drill, and it essentially does the same exact thing that a domino. Rockler, does. Rockler makes something is it, is it similar. Yeah, yeah. I love Rockler. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's does it take more time? Yeah, but I have my mortiser over there. Does the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what are you? Really what are you running for? Mortiser. What are you running for tools? Uh, in terms of brands, or yeah. Yeah, I I run the gambit. I mean, okay. for I'm of the opinion that a woodworker does not need more than one drill and one impact driver. I don't know why people have drill stations. I think they're so stupid. Who does that? Um, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know why you need six different things. Um, I still have my Dewalt table saw. I built it in my workbench. Um, with a good outfeed table, it's plenty strong. It rips through all my hardwoods. Mm-hmm. I mean, even three by three customs, she just updated, just upgraded to a saw stop. You know, oh, yeah. but she had a Dewalt for years. And mm-hmm. let's see, my miter saw is Dewalt, my Sanders jet, my drill press is Delta, my joiner is rigid, my planer is Dewalt, my jets, my lathes are jet, my router table is Craig, my bandsaw is jet. I just I look at what is the best brand for that tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I can afford. And then I average it. And if I want a good mm-hmm. tool, I'll just save for that tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic so. way to do it, I think. I mean, the cause every brand is gonna have their top tool yeah. in in whatever category it is. And some are gonna be lacking. Uh, some companies are going to be lacking on that tool. Some are going to be, you know, the top of the line, and it just totally depends. Dewalt doesn't have all the best tools. I'm a, no. I'm a Dewalt guy, but no, there's there's tools that Dewalt makes that other companies make better. Yeah, mm-hmm. for a comparable price or maybe even cheaper. Yeah, you know, I um, people whose shops are yellow and black or orange and black or go with Milwaukee or that's uh, cool, but um, looks pretty. I don't care otherwise than that. Though. I mean, it's about it. Yeah, I'm the same way, same exact way. And yep. I, I'll even go to say that I don't even necessarily believe you need an impact driver. I don't have an impact driver. I've survived with one for my entire yep. life, and I, all I have is a drill, and that's 
I'm yep. able, I mean, I get by. You just have to have a, a good touch on stuff sometimes. Yep. Finesse. It's just so nice to not have to switch back and forth in bits. <laughs> yes. Look at this guy defending his drill station. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I agree, Travis. I really do. Um, I just haven't wanted to splurge on, on getting another driver, another drill or anything. Yeah. You know, you know I came from construction, so that was m- more of a setting where having multiple drills and impacts made mm-hmm. sense. Right. You know, you throw your pouch on, you're working with several different types of screws or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. load your pouch up. But that makes plenty of sense. In fact, I had two Milwaukee impact drivers, a Milwaukee drill, two DeWalt drills, and two DeWalt impacts. And I just sold all of the Milwaukee stuff. And I don't even really use one of the DeWalt impacts. So I'm getting better. Yeah. I don't, if I'm, if I'm framing or not framing, if I am, (laughs) I haven't used this thing for anything else rather than putting tap cons in my concrete walls. Hmm. You're Mm -hmm. an impact driver. Yep. That's we're not, we don't have video on our podcast. We just do the audio. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, man, pack driver. Uh, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't used it for anything else in that. So, yeah, I again, I I think it's a good, great tool, and it's it's good if you have one. But uh, to me, I just don't need it. I don't. Yeah. I can make do without it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so now now we talked about the biggest challenges you've had. What what has been some of the things you've been most proud of, like with your decisions in your business? Um, I think that it grew naturally. Like uh, I I don't have any sponsors. I don't have any. Uh, I never. I don't offer discount codes for some some company over another. I, I never push a brand. Um, basically, I never wanted to become an influencer. Because I hate that word. Uh, makes me want to punch somebody in the face. I hate that word. <laughs> um, same way. I really don't like it either. Yeah. Um, Although I'm starting to get brand offers. And I know I you are. Like I know. I see it. 10% off this. 10% off that. I'm I'm really questioning if I want to continue to do that. Kind of Listen. At a point where I'm kind of tired of it already. It's, it's going to... My philosophy is that it makes you beholden to that company... And if you find another brand that's better, you don't have the liberty to tell people. You don't have the ability to deviate from what they want you to do. You have to push their name. You have to use their tools. But most importantly, I want my woodworking to speak for my to speak for me. I want what yeah. I make to speak for me. I don't want who I'm affiliated with to speak for me. Mm. Because I then that. I do become an influencer. Then I yeah. do become somebody who's trying to influence people towards a certain brand, like steer people. And you know what? That's that's cool. But like, let me tell you what. It is a high cost to become three by three custom, to become bourbon moth, to become the wood whisperer, to become mm-hmm. I mean, all these all these people because they are beholden to who sponsors them. Mm-hmm. They they can't they don't have those creative liberties. And mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's also like one thing I would, 
I would say to people like a piece of advice, like be creative, but let your creativity speak for who you are. Mm. That is one thing you give up when you let your, when you make your passion, whether it's woodworking or not into your business, Mm. you run the risk of losing your passion and gaining a job. Mm. And you have to be super careful because otherwise something that you love will become something you loathe. Mm. And it, it can be a fine line. You have to be really careful. That's why growing organically, growing slowly, taking your time, one commission at a time, is, in my opinion, the sustainable way. Rather than companies you know, sponsoring you to use their stuff to, to build this, to build that, because you're just, it's just, you're just moving from one employer to another. You're not your own boss. You're just switching employers. Uh huh. So, is this coming from experience or just? This is something seeing- that I have seen. I never, I never went the route of sponsors or anything like that. I never did. Um, but I've seen people who love woodworking make it a business, go into that business, and they give up their nine to five to work a twenty four seven. And they no longer like what they do. And so, I mean, I know this is a woodworking slash business podcast. Mm-hmm. Not everybody should make their woodworking a business, though. Mm, agreed. That, that, totally that, would be my, agreed. that would be my advice to people. 100%. Be really, really careful. Because if you run full, full force into this, you may not like what you see. Mm-hmm. And... Dylan, you can Dylan Fawcett. You can correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, I feel like the majority of our listeners are side hustlers, um, mm-hmm. part timers. I'd say that's pretty true. It's hard to know I for think, sure, but yeah. Like Drew Hall, he isn't. Well, I mean, he's kind of full time. I guess you could call him full time. Um, Dustin Atkins, he's full time, but everybody yeah, else yeah. is, well, you know. He's not yet. He will. Be. Well, he will be. Yeah. Um, but everybody else is is pretty much part time, and so with that being said, you know, like me especially, like I don't know that I'm growing this to, you know, leave my full time job. Um, there's in all of this one brand that I really care about, and that's my brand. And, you know, help and and helping, you know, other small woodworkers brands along the way. But, um, you know, it's it's not worth signing a quote unquote deal with the devil um, (laughs) just to get a handful of nice tools. (laughs) Yeah. This is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And being a person that has recently started to take um, different business deals and stuff, I have thought about every single one of these things very thoroughly. I don't know if is this product to be something that I actually want to talk about. And I, I'm not going to try to sell it to people if I wouldn't buy it myself. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it is a really tricky thing and I'm, I've started to get a taste of it. I'm like, I just, it's not as much as it's, made out to be it's you get free stuff and it's cool but 
in the same breath, like you, I, I agree with every single thing you just said, Dylan. I mean, it's, it's not even really worth it. If, if you're not wanting to put in the extra work and you want to be a slave to that company, um, it's, is it worth it? I think you just have to ask yourself that question. Is this, is this the route that you want to go? And I don't even know. Yeah. I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. I don't know if this is the route I want to go. There's a couple of companies that I'm like, I would love to be to work with just because I love their product. Um, uh-huh. And I, I would stand by their product. Um, but with the tools thing, it's kind of like you said, like every tool company has good tools, bad tools, whatever. So it's kind of whatever. But anyway, that's good. That's good. I like that. That was fantastic. Um, so it looks like we're getting towards the end, which it always goes by so fast for us. We're like, we usually say we're going to record for 45 minutes to an hour and we always go over (laughs) an hour always, every single Mm -hmm. time we haven't, we haven't had less than like 55 minutes on an episode yet. And that was just us. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah. So, um, Travis, how about you go ahead and ask a questions? I feel like I've been hogging them. No, not not we've, at all. We've um, got we've got two left that we we for sure ask every single episode. Yeah. So, what would you say your wouldn't it be nice is for your woodworking path? Uh, it is not to go full time woodworking. I'll tell you that much. Um, nah, I don't want I don't want to lose the passion. Um, it would be nice to do more contracts, like partner with interior designers and build custom pieces for clients. That would be really cool. Mm. I recently got commissioned by an interior designer in Beverly Hills to do a piece for somebody in the zip code of 90210, which was cool as hell. Um, and then another person for uh, another person reached out uh, a designer like an in between person for like a cherry table in Manhattan, and like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is this is awesome! Like I would love to go that route. That's sweet. Um, Those are that's. Really wouldn't cool. it be nice though? It'd be so nice in like fifteen years to be an in-house woodworker on some big ass farm in Montana with like a mountain view mm-hmm. outside of my loft above the barn like ain't that the dream though like yeah that, <laughs> that's mine language. that's mine baby like yep just like the the live on live in woodworker that'd be cool i'll put up fences all day i don't care that's awesome i think uh after you said that i think you're gonna become job god's just gonna just gonna take it all away from you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're speaking my language there i love that state more than anything oh it's yeah. it's beautiful. Like, telling man, I'm on the wrong side of the country. But <laughs> did you you grew up in uh, Pennsylvania. Yep, I did. Born and raised north of Pennsylvania, no, north of Philadelphia. Born and raised. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> in the wood shop where he spent most of his days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dusty and coffin, looking all cool. <laughs> playing <laughs> playing with sawzalls outside the school <laughs> so, okay, I'm gonna stop this bad. <laughs> nice okay um, <laughs> now 
we I've got actually two more jokes or sorry jokes. Two more questions. One of them includes a joke. The other question has become a, a podcast episode regular um just by chance. But my question for you, Dylan, is do you pronounce the word niche or niche? <laughs> niche. Ha, come on. It's a niche. I'm a niche. We're gonna I'm gonna niche. Niche and trash. If I say that, that's quite, a, that's quite a niche. Like, I might get punched. Like, Son of like you cursing me? Like, <laughs> yeah, niche is like more of the Midwest pronunciation minus Dylan. I say niche. I don't know. I just, it just sounds. No, well, most people say me. niche around here. I mean, I, I can't spell yeah. it for shit, but like, I, I do, I do say, <laughs> you know, I do say niche. I mean, it could go either way. N I C H E. I mean, that's, it could go. It's like right. pop English, soda. The English language is so weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's. it's you say, if you call soda pop around here, you're going to get looked at for like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, I, I remember I the actually... first time I went to Florida, we were at Disney and, you know, obviously here in the Midwest, we say pop and I ordered my food and the lady goes, what kind of Coke do you want? Oh yeah. And I was like. Uh, there's one kind. Yeah. Like, is that, that all you have? That you would bother me too. Coke? <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. weird. What about if you wanted a Pepsi product? Do you say I want a Pepsi Coke? Like, how's that work? Lots of times down south, um, I most of my family's down south. They won't have Pepsi. Like, Atlanta is a Coke town, and so mm-hmm. you're not going to find Pepsi really that that close to a lot of places. Yeah. Just like you order, you order a tea, order iced tea down south. It's gonna have more sugar than like three monsters. <laughs> it's the best way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Now, Dylan, your dad. So, you got any good dad jokes you want to share with us? I, mean, I have some good carpentry jokes, but I'm not sure any would work. Nice. <laughs> I said that one last episode. <laughs> No, 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 I think my I think you I, my, delivered it much better. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> in dad jokes, I I got pl- I got plenty if I had to think about it. But like I I like pickup lines. I think they're even better. Mm. So like I mean, do you know how much a polar bear weighs? Enough to break the ice. There you go. I'm Dylan. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Uh, yeah, I I love dad jokes and I have so many that I love, but I can never remember them off the top of my head. I have to go back and look mm-hmm. them up. Like I have, oh, I have yeah. a list. Always. I've got a list on my phone that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one. That's hilarious. My the one I always <laughs> remember. This is one of my favorites. What do old people smell like? Depends. What? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I made Dylan freak out one time and he was concerned for my health with my dad joke. Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta tell when I went to the the eye doctor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they told me I was fifty percent colorblind. And that news came completely out of the purple. (laughs) That's funny, I like that. We got to start coming up with some more because we're starting to recycle a little bit. Here's here's a good one. Um, 
see i have to look, i'm literally looking at like 108 best dad jokes right now um why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom because the p is silent <laughs> so stupid. okay that's good that's good that's dumb. what that's dumb. did the left butt cheek say to the right butt cheek you've told this one if we come together we can stop this crap <laughs> well dylan this was uh super yes. fun it was an absolute blast chatting with you it was an honor to have you on too um, thank you thank you we're I think I took away a lot. I think you had a lot of really great advice to offer. And I really think that our listeners are going to find that valuable too. So Dylan Fawcett, do you have anything to add? Um, yes. Thank you, Dylan. My pleasure. That's all. <laughs> no, man. Th- thank you so much. Um, it's It was awesome having a live conversation with you. We've chatted back and forth on Instagram, but this is this has been awesome getting to know you a little bit more, um, hearing a little bit about your shop and just kind of where you're going yep. with things. I think that's, that's awesome. I love hearing everybody's different stories because it can be easy to just look at somebody's Instagram page and just have all these assumptions. But until you have these real conversations you know, yep. don't truly know a person. So this, this was awesome. Thanks man for taking mm-hmm. time out of your busy life to come on and hang out with us for a little bit. For sure. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Alrighty. <clears throat> Thanks man. See ya. Yeah. The Wouldn't It Be Nice theme song was performed and written by Luke Snyder.